Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Benny the Edge. Today we are joined by a great friend of mine and a guy who helped me out a lot in my time as an intern at Element Sports Group in terms of thinking outside the box, deal making and unlocking my inner creative genius. He is the client marketing manager at Element Sports Group, the deal maker himself, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Zobel. client marketing manager element sports how's it going all right uh so matt do you want to talk about how you got into the sports agency industry and like what brought you to marketing specifically just kind of like your whole life story real quick <laughs> yeah the whole life story um yeah. i i went to florida state 2012 to 2016 i um i was working for the football team there definitely always wanted to be in the agent industry always thought it was cool, you know, being involved in someone's life to helping them reach their goals. Um, I actually helped uh, Devontae Freeman, um, who went to Florida State and then went to the Atlanta Falcons. My senior year of college, I got connected with him and his marketing rep. So I kind of got involved with them, you know, doing some PR, doing some marketing and kind of learned the marketing space and realized that's what I wanted to go into. And then um, was looking for a job in the industry. As you and everyone else knows, it's extremely hard to find a job. Absolutely. Just naturally <laughs> in this yeah. industry. So it definitely takes a lot of skill and luck and experience and all that. Um, and I found, I was recommended um, Element Sports in Atlanta by a number of people. Heard great things about the people there, about the agency, about the clients, about everything. So I, interviewed for an internship there and they were actually behind on the intern program and I said it's all good just hire me I'll start tomorrow and so awkwardly I said that and it actually kind of worked I went in a couple of days later got an internship at Element Sports and then as you know I just said I was never going to leave so I just learned as much as I could um, taught myself as much as I could read up as much as I could um, learned everything I had to and then you know, fortunately, it led me to a job offer about nine or 10 months later. And yeah. here I am today. That was one of the things I learned, you know, trying to get into the business, trying to make yourself stand out, not being desperate, but more like direct. And, you know, if you're emailing with, you know, 90 or 100 prospective interns, if one guy is like, I don't care if you're behind, I'll start tomorrow. Like, I thought that would at least help me a little bit. And Luckily, I got a call and I had, you know, just 45 minute conversation with um, the person who called me before even getting into all the, the interview stuff. And it just kind of worked out perfectly. And, and everything happens for a reason. I was talking to a lot of agencies and that was just the one that I heard good things about. Um, the small talk turned into, you know, much more deep things before even the interview. And I was just like, this seems like a good place to work at. So I'd like to work here. And then I got that internship after that crazy email and, and, uh, got hired nine months later and here we are. Yeah. No, I think from my experience too, in the kind of job search, I'm a little younger than you are, but just being like direct and just like straight to the point and just like clear and kind of like offering your services kind of like for free, especially when you're younger, kind of just like makes you stand out a little bit and show you just like kind of want it more than like anybody else. So I think that's a good, for sure. And, and, you know, history. Exactly. And, and the problem is with trying to get a job in sports is everyone wants to do it. Yeah. And not even just that, but everyone who wants to do it, at least most of the people, they're all qualified. 
Yeah. So if you're if you're if the shoes on the other foot and you're sitting at a desk and are reading 150 resumes of all amazingly qualified people who all have really great experiences how do you choose two of the 150 yeah. you know yeah. so that was kind of like my mindset and i was like this is a really good agency it's one of one of the best agencies out there they're in atlanta i've heard great things i've done my research and i was like what can i do to stand out mm. that's definitely that's trying how that's how I try and do my job anyways now with brands and with clients, you know, that we're trying to sign and everything like that. Just like a lot of people, even when you're recruiting a player, everyone has a similar pitch. You know, we're the best agency for you. We do this and that. Yeah. You know, but like everyone has the same thing. Just like when you're applying for an internship, everyone's qualified. So mm -hmm. how do you figure out that one or two, that one person or two people to bring on, you know? Yeah, exactly. You did it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, got my foot in the door. <laughs> exactly. So kind of circling back to um, marketing specifically, a lot of people don't really understand it. Um, they see like Peyton Manning, Papa John's, they see all these big deals. Um, what kind of your job as a marketing manager, as a marketing guy for Element Sports Group, what kind of like does your job uh, entail? Um, well, definitely the Peyton Manning stuff that everyone sees is kind of like the poster of marketing better ingredients better pizza better football papa john's yeah but it goes it goes to that degree of of big and it goes much smaller to something like a tiny you know one-off social media posts mm -hmm. but basically you know my job is it's not really just like i have a job and i just go and do my job every day it's talking to each guy that we work with seeing what they want to do you know some guys might not even be interested in marketing you know so mm -hmm. I don't need to force it down their throat. It's more just talking to each client and seeing what their, what their goals are, what their branding ideas are, what they want to do, you know, who they want to be associated with, what they want to be associated with. So instead of just like blindly attacking each day, um, like a normal salesperson, it's definitely more along the lines of like seeing, of having a plan of attack for each guy and seeing what each guy wants to do with their brand. Mm -hmm. And then once you know these things and you go from there, you know, and said, if you, if you know, they don't like these types, they don't like kombucha drinks or something, right. you don't reach out to those companies because then you're wasting your time. But yeah, so that's kind of how I've, you know, it was different when I was an intern, you know, your, your mindset is just, you know, chug away and, and try and find as many deals as possible, even if the clients turn it down, just because mm -hmm. you're doing your job correctly. But I've definitely adapted towards just focusing on each guy and seeing, you know, what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So typically you kind of cater it to what they really want or do sometimes do you come to them and you're like, Oh, I think this is, this is good for you. Um, it's definitely both my, my, my genuine, it, it is a sales job. Of course, like most jobs are just like a regular agent, a contract agent is it's all a sales mm -hmm. job, but my goal genuinely is to partner up clients with the brands they want to work with right. because otherwise if you're forcing them into partnerships where they're not really interested in and maybe if it's a good you know financial offer or something like that you know it all depends each deal is per case but my genuine goal at the end of the day is just to partner guys up with brands they want to work with right. and help them build their brands organically and work with companies that they actually want to work with instead of feeling like yeah you know that offer is really good i don't really like i don't like that protein bar but i guess i'll do it mm -hmm. you know that's sometimes those things happen but that's not my goal at the end of the day yeah that makes sense you know? 
So you were kind of talking about those um, endorsement deals. We're talking about Peyton Manning. We're talking about the high end, but like what for the majority of your business besides like um, like a partnership or a sponsorship, what's what, what's like what kind of deals do you do for the majority of your business? Um, well, obviously, you know, the thing that everyone goes to right away is like these endorsement deals and these partnerships, but there's, there's much more than that there. Um, I forgot everyone, you know, everyone always reverts to Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. That's it, brother, but you got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. there's like the four things or whatever it's changed obviously at this point but i can't remember what they said but there's things like shoe and apparel deals like the nike adidas under armor lululemon you know for a couple guys in the nfl reebok i think has the watts and like the watt brothers and maybe a couple other guys Mm -hmm. there's the shoe there's a shoe and apparel deals there's the train car deals which is a massive part of marketing you know a lot of those uh panini train car deals go on yeah it's it's something that like people don't under at least people on the outside that haven't you know been in that office yet to learn how this stuff works Mm -hmm. um train cards sometimes seems like something that we grew up with and it doesn't seem like something that's such a coming back now right exactly it's it's not something that you would you would think on the outside would be a constant in the marketing world but it's a massive it's a massive chunk of the marketing um, world. And then there's also memorabilia, you know, like signings, private signings, public signings. There's corporate appearances that could be part of partnerships, you know, like going to the SEC championship on behalf of Pilot Flying J, which we've done before, or doing an appearance on behalf of Dr. Pepper, which we've done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of things. And then I would say those are like the main things, the train cards, the endorsements, obviously, the shoe and apparel, um, memorabilia is big. Um, so there's like these constants, but then obviously you got to keep working all around above and below them on finding, you know, these great deals for your clients. Right. And then once you, once you kind of figure out what, where you want to go with your clients, what kind of, once you start the process with the company, what goes into a marketing deal from start to finish? Like how does the whole process work? Um, I try and be as efficient as possible. You know, everyone does it differently. There, I really don't think there's a right or wrong way. And also every guy is different. Some guy, some guys might want to be involved from the very beginning. Some guy I can call right away and be like, hey, this brand reached out. But then, you know, you run the risk of, you know, getting someone excited and then the deal falls through or like the deal's not good enough, you know you know, the money's not there or they're asking too much for what they're offering. Um, I would say my general way, my general system is just um, getting getting to a point where it's the offer that I think is fair and valuable to our client. And that's something that's a low ball um, or anything like that. You know, they don't, they're so busy playing, you know, focusing on them. That's Mm -hmm. why it's our job to focus on everything else. Um, so my job is to get the deal to the point where we want it, where it's their best offer. We think it's fair. We think it's a good deal. And then when we bring it to them, we explain it to them. And then obviously, you know, um, just being on their side, my goal is to explain to them. And then at the end of the day, it's up to them. If I think it's a great deal, I'll tell them it's a great deal. If they don't want to do it, it's up to them. 
and I'll say, I think it's a good deal, but if you don't want to do it, you know, it's your brand. It's not mine. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm the marketing agent who's doing the work to bring this to you. And then if you do agree to a deal, then obviously we, you know, we have all these contracts as we, as, as you've seen, um, you know, we have a different type of contract for each marketing deal. Uh, and then obviously we make sure everything's in our writing. So our clients protected, mm. you know, it's from, so from start to finish, it's, you know, initially talking, whether you reach out or they reach out all the way through signing the deal, um, you know, which we make sure obviously is, looks good for our client, protects our guy. Mm. And then of course, like actually executing the deal, doing the post or doing the appearance or doing the photo shoot, whatever it is. Right. Um, so it's a very long process, but that's pretty much generically how I would say that I do it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That's a, clears things up for a lot of people who don't really understand uh, what really goes into it. So now you've worked in the um, sports agency industry and marketing uh, for a couple of years. What has been like your favorite part about working in sports and uh, marketing? Um, I'll, I'll do a twofold. One it's always been my goal and it still is and it always will be to just see genuinely authentic partnerships, you know, from the very beginning, um, just like a brand that a guy really, really wants to work with and you work at a deal that's, you know, that we're all happy about that's executed well and everything just looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are the deals that I live for. Those are the deals that, help me sleep at night, which I don't sleep well at all. So (laughs) those are the ones that, you know, that make us happy that where we can walk out of the office at the end of the day, you know, just like we're doing our job right and we're doing it the right way. And Mm -hmm. also the other side would be, I think going to events are cool. You know, like as you remember, um, we had two clients. Well, unfortunately it was COVID, but this past draft, we had Lynn Bowden and Darrington Evans go in the third round. So they were part of the rookie premiere through Panini and the NFLPA. But of course, COVID, you know, didn't allow, allow anyone to do anything. But the year before, we had had Darius Slayton go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go you go to L.A. and you, you do like this one week, this one week trip to L.A. at the Beverly Hilton. And you your, your client or clients get to get introduced to all these brands they work with, like Panini, you know, the Nike and Adidas Under Armour guys are there. There's a bunch of brands that are part of the NFLPA partnership program who are there pitching to you and your client. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to do the whole Jersey reveal thing, which is like the coolest part ever. Right. But like on my side, you know, obviously my goal is always to do like the authentic great partnerships for our clients, making mm-hmm. sure that they're working with brands they want to work with. And then on the other side, going to all these events is always really cool just to kind of see because a lot of times you're working on your phone or on your computer or you're in the office, seeing all these brands and people that you work with yearly, like Panini and Nike and Adidas and Under Armour and all those people, everyone's all kind of under one roof, like at the Super Bowl or at NFLPA rookie premiere. Yeah. Those are cool for me, like personally, because you work with these people every day for years and you only get to see them a few times a year. So it's always a good time. Yeah. I think it's really sweet though. um, really like when I was an intern in that period from like January to May is kind of like the big period for like the sports agencies. I mean, you got like the Super Bowl, you got the combine. It's like, like, it's kind of crazy. Like the entire industry is under like 
in one city under one roof it's kind of it's kind of cool to see. i know it's like it's everybody like and at the combine too like it's not the biggest marketing event per se but mm-hmm. um when when these guys have time they're um under armor is always there they have a suite nike's always there have a suite adidas panini um east bay a few brands that always work with players every year of course nflpa um, of course, they're all there and you get to introduce, you know, like a Lynn Bowden to, um, you know, the heads of Panini who we work with every day. And we're like, this is the person doing these massive marketing deals that, that we've agreed to. Here's the other person. Here's the person on the other side. All you know is us, but now you get to meet them and network and, and all that type of stuff. So um, these, those events, not only for me, but the players love it too. You know, these guys like seeing who who essentially who they're dealing with because they only yeah. get these offers from us. Panini doesn't call, you know, and Nike and all of them, they don't call the players, they call us, mm-hmm. you know. So those are cool on both sides, on the player and agent side, I would say. All those big events. You kind of talked about how one of your favorite parts was like getting like the perfect deal and like everything going well. Have you had like a favorite deal in your that you've participated in your career that stands out? Um, I definitely have had a number of them. I would say actually, just for relevance uh, sake, the one that we just did with Darius Slayton and, and Budweiser, um, Darius Slayton doesn't, he's not a drinker. He doesn't drink alcohol. It, if you even quote him, he thinks it's disgusting. <laughs> you know, he, he just doesn't like it. You know, he's never seen the use of it, you know, and to each his own. Um but we talked about how like, at least like beer sometimes like tastes good. You know, he thinks the taste is good. He just doesn't like drinking, you know, right. just a personal choice. So we, we talked with the Budweiser people and they were doing a dry January with Dwayne Wade and Kevin Kisner. So they had these two massive, you know, A-list, you know, sports figures doing it and they wanted a football guy. Oh. And we were like, Darius is the perfect guy for this because he, he doesn't drink. He doesn't like drinking. He thinks beer, you know, tastes good, but like he doesn't like the idea of drinking. It's just not in his wheelhouse. He's not interested in it. It's so like, who's better? Who's, you know, at least a really good player, who's a big hey, name, Parker. who fits the brand. Um, so we were able to do, we were able to get that deal. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram. Or yeah, anything. I saw it on LinkedIn actually. Yeah, so we're all really excited about that. I think it's an awesome deal. That's like one of those like perfect situations where it's a massive brand it's an authentic fit, you know, it's not BS, you know, mm-hmm. everything that Darius is saying in his interviews that he's doing for the partnership and that he'll be posting about is all hundred percent honest. So, and actually they're sending all of us this Budweiser non-alcoholic beer. Wow. So we're actually going to meet up with him in a week or so for his next post. And we're all going to, you know, hang out and drink this non-alcoholic beer together. Yeah. That was <laughs> but I great. definitely think that that was like a really good, that's like one of the best ones I can remember just from an every different type of situation standpoint, you know? Yeah. Oh, that was a great time in the office getting, getting free stuff sent to you. So Yeah. Um, so, so not alcoholic beer will be an interesting one, but um, definitely an awesome, awesome endorsement deal. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one for sure. So kind of going to yeah. the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, what's like the hardest part of your job and most typical part? Um. I mean, we can even, that answer can even be attributed to COVID. I mean, just like within the last year and potentially going forward, I don't really see 
this ending that soon, at least for the next six months or so at, at minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the world of marketing right now is, is weird because it's been almost a year now. And these companies who are trying with all their like might to stay afloat and to stay open, right. the first thing a lot of them doing are either firing their marketing people yeah. or shutting down their marketing department or cutting down their marketing budgets. So like, it's just a way different spectrum now, you know, like the shoe deals, like the Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, all of them, at least like, for example, going into this coming draft in the 2021 draft, it's going to be way different. Yeah. Um, every year, I think um, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, they all have like their main core signed before the draft, like the guys that they fought to get, you know, with each other. And then a lot of them get signed post-draft, you know, a guy goes much higher than he anticipated or a guy goes to a great market. And, you know, like, for example, someone goes to the Steelers and Nike's like, oh, well, a lot of the big name players are like Juju and James Conner and all these guys are all Adidas. Your guy went to, your guy uh, went to the Steelers in the third round. We want a Nike guy there. So all, all those types of things, um, just like overall, every marketing department or most marketing departments have either like cut their marketing departments out, at least for the meantime, or have been furloughed or their budgets have been like so greatly reduced that like a normal deal that you're used to is potentially not going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of like the world we're in right now. So um, even before that, like this is definitely something that's very unprecedented and it's directed directly affected marketing so that's definitely the the weight that we carry on our backs in the current moment it's a but you know you got to stay creative and you know obviously we're not going to sit there and be like oh well all these marketing departments are you know they've 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 decreased a lot or the deals might be few and far between it's like all right well let's keep getting those deals done even if they're few and far between so Mm -hmm. just it's just adapting but that's definitely, I would say, like the current, by far the the most hardest, you know, the hardest issue we have right now on the marketing side. For sure. So getting specifically into COVID, that obviously kind of affected all aspects of business. And I saw it in my time there as an intern, um, started to try and change your strategy. How through the course of like last year did you adjust your strategies during the COVID uh, specifically? Um, It's one of those things where it's like, not even just in our business, just in the country or not in the country, the world, everyone's kind of like, let's see what's going on here. And let's just figure out like, let's almost like forecast how we see this going. Mm-hmm. So that's really just what we did. We're like, you know, we're probably, we're going to assume, you know, a lot of people don't want to spend too much money right now. A lot of people might be, you know, cutting their marketing a little bit or cutting their marketing departments. It was really just kind of like, no different than anyone else in any industry, just kind of like a wait and see approach. Um, and you were there for part of that with the draft, you know, a lot of the pre-draft deals that we're all used to just weren't there. Cause you know, once that mid-March um, date hit when COVID kind of shut down everything, mm-hmm. um, every brand on earth, let alone in our industry was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Right. So it was really kind of just like understanding everyone's situation, seeing what they can still do and what they can do and just kind of adapting. Because, you know, you can't force anyone to doing deals that they can't afford or they don't want to do. And and even if we did, that would make us bad at our job because then we're just, you know, making people that we work with every year hate us. 
So right. it's really just kind of understanding every brand, understanding everyone's situation and just kind of adapting and moving forward from there. And that hasn't changed yet, you know, like, you know, we're now in 2021, you know, barely by a week, but all these new, all these brands are now trying to figure out their yearly budgets. You know, most big companies have to plan out their budgets quarterly or, you know, halfway through the year. And like everyone's budgets are still kind of like, well, they're like, well, we don't know if, you know, we're going to sell as well as we usually do. Like, you know, we're, a, for example, like a restaurant, you know, like, you know, there's still going to be social distancing and it's not going to be a normal restaurant. So mm-hmm. just kind of understanding everyone's situation and, and adapting with them, you know, just for the long term just making sure everyone's good and you know the people we work with we want our partnerships and deals with them to be successful too we're not trying to bulldoze our way into every deal and you know get as much money as possible for as little amount of work you know and destroy this company (laughs) you know that's that's not that's at least not how we do things yeah you're definitely gonna burn out quickly if that's kind of like your mo in the business you're gonna yeah, I mean, it's going to spread around. You're not going to be able to last doing that. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a long-term game. You know, it's yeah. a long-term thing. If if you if you screw somebody over on a deal, or you don't treat them right, or you don't give them what was promised, they're not going to work with you again. They're going to tell other brands not to work with you. So really, just um, it's not really even a question at this point. It's just like if you do things the right way and you treat people fairly and um, you do everything, you know, ethically and morally correct. I think those things benefit you in the long run because then, you know, what if that small company you, you helped out on a deal three years ago and seven years, they're the biggest, I don't know, sports drink company in the country. And they're like, I remember Matt and Element, like they, they were cool with us and, and they treat us right. And they tried to do the deal the right way and, and make sure that we were good and we were getting what we wanted. Like, let's call them and do the biggest deal ever. <laughs> well, that's at least a dream, but mm-hmm. but at least that's just kind of the MO we, we go with. Just just treat people the right way. I think that will always work out and everyone's benefit at the end of the day. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, kind of switching gears earlier, we were talking about um, building their own brand and um, you were kind of saying you would kind of let guys just kind of go with their personality. Uh, how much or at all do you encourage athletes to build their own brand? You see like guys like Juju now, super big on TikTok and um, just like every social media. See guys are really um, not like back in the day, guys were just like a football player. But now like it's you obviously you're you're building your own brand. So guys are a lot more well-rounded. They're really letting their personalities um, show. Um, but you see with like just like Juju a couple of weeks ago when he was dancing on the logos and everything. You see that can um, create publicity for him, but it can also come back and bite him too. Um, so yeah, how much do you encourage them to build their own brand, and then how much do you think that can uh, help or hurt players? Um, that's actually a really good question. I actually know Juju's marketing guy really well, and he's yeah. he's one of the best in the business. A really good friend of mine. He mm-hmm. he's awesome. Um, but I I kind of like I. I I tell people to do what I just kind of let people go with what they want to do and what's comfortable with them. I don't want to take, you know, if we sign a top 10 pick tomorrow for this upcoming draft, if that guy is quiet and like, just, 
he's not really interested in like all that stuff. I don't think I'd be, I think I'd be doing him a disservice if I was like right. in his face, like you need to post every, you know, you need to post twice a day. You need to do all these things. You need to do all these PR interviews and you have to do X, Y, and Z to build your brand. If he doesn't want to do that, I just think like we work for them. We work with them. You know, I kind of just tell every guy to just be themselves. And like, if a guy, like if we have a guy, like a Juju Smith Schuster, who's like all about like brand building and wants to do it, then we're right there the whole step of the way. You know, that's what Alan Lazard is doing right now. He started his own brand. You know, he's expanding this brand that he wanted to do. And, you know, I just kind of go with what each guy wants to do, what makes them comfortable. Because at the end of the day, if, if they want a brand and I'm not helping them brand, you know, I'm going to take blame for that. But if they, on the opposite spectrum, if they're trying to brand really hard and, and they want to build their brand to a much bigger thing and we're not helping either, that's also not good. So it's really just understanding and appreciating each guy in each situation and just whatever they want to do, we're right there and we're helping, whether it's a lot of branding or a little. It's it's not like every guy we have, I have like this like sheet of paper. Where I'm like, you need to do this, right. this, this, and that. Yeah. It's a, and I think that's kind of what makes us really good at our jobs is that it's not a generic, you know, you're one of 50 that we work with. It's more so like, what do you want to do? What's your goal here? You know? Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, it's, it's all this marketing stuff, at least the way that we do it and I do it and Kim and, and the rest of element is more so like, it's all about each guy and what they want and what they want to do. And then we just kind of build around from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so kind of something that goes right into that is um, I think it was a year or two ago, we saw the NCAA um, start to allow student athletes to profit off their likeness. And that kind of opened the door for, um, sports agencies and marketing agencies to come in and kind of like talk to them. So how do you see um, that affecting the industry um, already or just in the future in general? Um, I mean, it's going to, it's going to affect it a lot. I think, you know, one thing that I kind of think a lot of people should understand is that if you, if you compare it to the NFL, um, like realistically and genuinely without, you know, overselling things uh not every college player is going to be marketable not every college player is going to have that opportunity to do a post for coke or you know whatever the deal is right it's really only going to go to like the trevor lawrence giant men's right like year. trevor lawrence would have crushed it this year you know like justin fields would have been incredible you know zach wilson all these dudes yeah um they would have been crushing it this year but that if you kind of look at it on the opposite spectrum like that's no different than the big guys in the NFL. They're the ones that dominate the marketing space, you know, mm -hmm. the, the Aaron Rodgers and the Patrick Mahomes, like all those guys, they dominate it. To me, it's no different in the college world, but as you know, the whole agent industry is a big sales game. You know, everyone's trying to represent the same players, the same good players, the same good people. Um, I think it's going to change a lot in terms of the sales process because an agency can be doing marketing for a guy his freshman year and get to know him extremely well over the next two years. And then they could be the one that signed him for his contracts. And when he goes to the NFL um, and on the other side, really, really more so like um, the fact that it's going to be the first time ever that college players can profit off their name and likeness, which I think 
everyone, at least in our side and everyone with a moral conscience agrees that they should be because, you know, they're all, they're all living off scholarship and, and free food. And like, yeah. you know, these guys are making their schools a ton of money, oh, 100%. And seeing nothing from it. Um, so I think all of us all agree that it's time that it happens, but on the business side, it's going to be very interesting because um, it opens up the doors for agents and agencies to start talking to these players when they're 17 years old in the summer and their summer freshman year going into their freshman year of college when they might not even be playing for three years. And there's always a chance that, you know, because it's a big sales game that um, people can be telling them when they're 17 that they're the next big thing. And if that's not possible or not likely, it, you know, it's unfair to the player for listening to you know to professionals tell them that but at the end of the day it's going to be very interesting I think there's me a lot of companies like open doors um that are going to absolutely crush it on that side I think I believe like open doors is going to make deals with a lot of schools where a lot of these deals come through open doors through the school where mm -hmm. an agent might not be needed um but I also think like a guy like Trevor Lawrence as a true freshman he's going to have marketing opportunities. Um, but so like, he's going to need help or he might need a team around him or somebody, Yeah. but that's Trevor Lawrence. It's not going to be everybody. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes back to what I've been saying, you know, anyone that wants to brand build, you have to see what they want to do with their brand instead of just, you know, calling 150, you know, students or college athletes or student athletes, excuse me. Um, and saying like, we want to represent you. We want to do your marketing. Like we have a plan for you. And the guy could be like, well, you don't know me. I haven't even, I, I'm not even a starter. Like I'm not going to start till my junior or senior year. So like, I think that's even harder than on the NFL side where like you're at the, the bottom of the depth chart. I think the bottom of the depth chart guy is going to be a lot more. They're going to have a lot more opportunities just because they're in the NFL than a bottom of the depth chart or a guy who's in the waiting in college. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very interesting, um, but I think it's, it should, it's going to be the same approach for all, you know, for us at least like um, work with the right people um, adapt around what they want to do, what their game plan is. I'm not going to, or we're not going to go in there and just tell them what they need to hear. It's more so like, you know, what do you want to do with this? You know? And I think, I think the first year doing this, this coming season or this following one after the championship game, mm -hmm. um, will teach a lot of people a lot of things because it's the first time any of us are doing this, the agent side or the player side. So I think it's going to be like a trial and error run for everybody, for us, for all agents, for players, for schools, like none of us have done this before. So I think everyone's just trying to like tread lightly and like do the right thing and understand the situation. But it's, you know, people are crazy if they don't think this is a trial and error process for everybody involved, the parents, the schools, the kids, us. So at the end of the day, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. And that's kind of what I'm preparing for. But our goal is always to just work with the right people, with the right players, and just like, you know, help them with what, with our resources and what we can do and help them build their brand the way they want to build it. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be interesting to see how this all... To me, it's going to be very fun to see yeah, a lot of dollars going to be thrown around here. <laughs> um, so we already kind of talked about um, some of the bigger like misconceptions about how only really 
everyone's kind of competing for certain guys and only a small majority are getting the majority of deals. What are like some of the like biggest common misconceptions you think people have about endorsement deals uh, in sports marketing, in sports or marketing, sports marketing in general? Um, I, I give the same answer every time and I'm never gonna change it for as long as I live, for as long as I talk to people about my job. Um, a lot of people think the shoe and apparel deals are huge, these million dollar Nike deals, these million dollar Adidas and Under Armour deals. Um, I would say like by far the majority of players that have these deals are not on these major cash. You know, everyone sees like the Odell Beckham Jr. deal that he signed a couple years ago, I think it was like a five million or five year, $25 million deal. And everyone's like, Nike, oh my God, you know, these big deals. And I'm like, that's Odell Beckham Jr. who at that point when he signed it was not only just, you know, an incredible player, which he still is. I still think he's incredible, um, even though he got hurt. And, you know, it's been interesting in Cleveland, but he was like a, a transcendent celebrity. You know, he's he's a brand and a face in his own right. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people actually like see, you know, see these big deals and they think that's just how it goes. That's not how it goes at all. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's more so a lot of these deals are, are merchandise deals with cash incentives. Um, sometimes there's cash with merchandise. Well, every, every shoe deal has a merchandise tag to it. You know, any shoe and apparel deal you sign, you know, any brand you sign with, they have apparel, you know, they have an apparel, um, almost like a gift card or a credit so they can wear the Under Armour on the field and off the field. Um, but I think a giant misconception is that these, these, massive shoe deals that we read about mm-hmm. are kind of for everyone and that's why i tell um every guy we sign every year that's why i tell every intern that's why i tell everyone that reaches out for advice is that um they do these companies do create these massive deals but it's a very small minority of the people in the nfl right and i just think that's always been a misconception that you have a deal with nike or under armor or adidas and like you have this crazy, crazy deal. Um, and, and even on their side, like if they gave every player they had to deal with some crazy cash deal that, you know, they'd all be bankrupt, <laughs> you know? So um, I, I always will give that answer for like the biggest misconception, at least on the marketing side, mm-hmm. even though those deals are awesome. And the people that work at all three of those brands are like some of my favorite people in the world. Um, and they're, they all make really good deals for their companies. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day we all have to look out for you know we look out for our clients we look out for ourselves too the brands look out for their own selves you know no one's gonna dive into a crazy big deal that's gonna lose them a bunch of money you know yeah exactly so the deals at the end of the day the deals are fair too it's just a misconception mm-hmm. one the, that i'm gonna chime in that i kind of noticed when i was um interning at element and in the sports agency industry is just that People think just because you're in the NFL that companies are going to be falling at your feet and everything. They don't realize, like, the NFL especially, compared to, like, the NBA and everything, too. I mean, guys are much less um, recognizable. I mean, they wear a helmet. There's way more players. There's 53 players on a team, 32 NFL teams. So, I mean. Yeah, it's like 2,500 players or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, not every, but, like, there's so many NFL players. Like, brands are probably companies are going to be approached by. Um, so many different agencies and everything. So like, just because you're in the NFL doesn't mean 
brands are going to be like falling at your feet and everything. That's, that's another massive misconception um, is that if you think, if you're in the NFL, you think, you know, all these brands want to work with you, but you're one of 3,000. Right. Um, and it's always a good comparison that I use with the NBA because an NBA team has like, like 13 or 14 guys per team and right. I think only 10 are active. And that's like, that's 300 players over 30 mm-hmm. teams. And of course, like you said, as I always tell everyone, they don't wear they, they don't wear a helmet, so you can see their face and you can see their emotions. Like exactly. when you're wearing a helmet, um, it's a much bigger group of people that are all competing for the same deals, and your face is not there. Yeah, you know, you can only see a little bit. So I definitely think like that is another big misconception is that everyone's marketable, everyone has, you know, brands begging them to work together. Not the case. Mm-hmm. So just kind of finishing up here, um, there's a lot of people who want to get into the sports agency industry. Um, it's obviously a tough industry to get into. Not a lot of jobs available, but it's definitely a desirable job. What advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the sports agency industry or sports marketing? Um, I would say, candidly, um, just being able to um, do whatever it takes to get your foot in the door. Um, I know no one likes hearing this, but it's something that you went through, something that I went through, something that ev- almost everybody, any big agent, any big marketing agent, any big anyone, executive in sports, no matter what part of sports it is, um, everyone's had to do unpaid internships. Everyone's had to work for free. Everyone's had to work crazy hours at you know, a free internship. And I definitely, like the mindset that I had, um, is really more so like just kind of almost doing whatever it takes, like anything you can do to stand out, whether it's working for free, whether it's staying late. Um, I, I absolutely had the mindset when I was coming out of college, I was like, I'm never doing a free internship again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I was trying to get into this industry and I was like, the only even likely chance I even have of making in this business is getting a free internship. And then I was barely even getting offered those. So I was like, yeah oh my God, I was like, I just need to kind of just take what I can get. And then just, then that's when you kind of prove yourself. So I always tell people, do whatever you can to get in that door, to get your foot in that door, which is a lot of times an unpaid internship or a lot of times hard, long hours or work that you don't want to do. Um, But my main advice would be like, find any way to get into that door. And then at that point, once you're in and like, you're not looking for an internship, you have an internship, you know, or something like that, then it's up to you to prove your worth. Then it's up to you to show your talent. Um, that's what I had to do. You know, when I got that internship, they weren't hiring, they weren't looking. And um, I was just like, I got in here, you know, so now it's up to me. You know, it's a, it's a everyday audition until they hire me or they tell me to get out. <laughs> and that was literally my mindset. I was like, mm-hmm. they're either gonna be like, all right, we love you. You know, you're great. But like, all right, we've had enough of you. Like, go find a job somewhere. Um, and that's what I've told everyone, just like do whatever it takes just to get in, um, which is an unpaid internship or something like that. And then just once you have that in, then it's completely up to you. Then then the it's an even plane and then you can actually show what you can do. But you can't show what you can do if you, if you don't have your foot in the door, if you're looking for an internship or a job. Right. So anything you do to get into that internship, then it's up to you, Yeah. which, which is a, a lot of work because it's a very competitive field. 
no matter what side of sports you're looking at, whether it's an agency or a team or ticket sales, like marketing, no matter what it is, everyone wants to do it. So like, how do you, how do you want to get that internship? And then from there, once you get that internship, how do you get that job? It's a lot of, it was a lot of work. My, my, my whole process was way longer than I ever thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got to the point where I was just like, I'm this, I'm this deep in, I'm either going to, you know, die trying to do this, or I'm going to get the job. If I don't get it, I know I at least did everything humanly possible to get that. And if it doesn't work, then, then I did all I can do, you know? Yeah, I think that's some great advice. Um, that's kind of something I'm going with going through right now as I'm finishing up my college football career and um, college in general. I think you kind of have to just be uh, pursuing a career in sports. You kind of have to like not really compare yourself to all your other friends who are in like accounting or sales or all this other stuff. It's a, it's, a, it's a completely different timeline. Like there's like they have these set up jobs and like there's a there's kind of a way there's kind of like there's a there's a way that those jobs are kind of set up but in if you want to work in career career in sports which a lot of so many people want to do the caveat that comes with having such a desirable career is like you said willing to do unpaid internships um not really not really seeing the career you want to see until in your later 20s or your early 30s like just it's going to be in order to yeah in order to get it's a very it's a very uh, long game it's not something that just you can't get hired and then you're you're like the you know the best person in the business you know one year in it's definitely I think you actually made a really good point too and that's something that took me a long time to realize and understand is that you cannot come this is such a niche like industry it's what sports alone is a niche industry and then you have to even drag it further down into this like sports agency thing that's a niche within a niche. It's such a small time. Everybody knows each other. Um, it's a very, very, very small industry. And definitely what I went through um, coming out of college was I was comparing myself to all my friends who are doing different things. And then I realized, you know, that, and it's nobody's fault. Everyone, so many people want to do this, that because it's so competitive, you have to start on such a low scale as an intern or even as an employee Mm-hmm. That like if you compare yourself to a different job, you're doing yourself a disservice because it's just not the same. And it's it's a very long, it's a long-term thing. You can't, no one can just jump in and, and be the man and sign these great first round picks or represent these amazing players. Like it's an absolute process. And I think I just think that's a very good point. Like if if you're looking around at other people, what your friends and other people are doing at the same age mm-hmm. they're not comparable this is just like you're just like kind of like going down a rabbit hole <laughs> doing this career and mm-hmm. you're just if you if you look to the left or the right it's not going to help because people you know I had friends that were jumping into accounting and finance or making crazy money you know right off the bat I'm like how are you making such good money you're a 21 year old you know guy I was just at the bar with last night yeah. and then you know you start to realize that which is a different thing, you know, the, but in my opinion, and playing people don't agree, you know, to each his own, the, to me, the risk is worth the reward, but for plenty of people, it's not. And that's, yeah. that's what makes it, you know, good for everyone is everyone has the right to their own, you know, to each his own and everyone's got their own beliefs. And I, I just went for, that was the path I went down mm-hmm. and I definitely think it was worth it. And 
hopefully when I'm, when I'm old and retired, I can look back and be like, you know, that risk was totally worth the reward that I, that I got. Um, but everyone's got their own, you know, everyone, everyone's got their own things that they want to do. Right. And I, I, know plenty, I know plenty of people also that um, wanted to be in sports and then they did it for a year and they were like, this is absolutely not worth it. I'm going to go do insurance or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what a lot of people um, our age fall into. I really like what you said about um, like long game process. Um, I listened to a lot of Gary Vee as like a lot of people do. And he kind of like inspired me to pursue this career in sports because I feel, I feel like a lot of those people um, who go into accounting, finance, sales, insurance, these like jobs that you're going to see quick money like right out of college. They do it for like the paycheck and they're, you're going to see the money that they're seeing if you're really good at what you do. And also they're probably, I mean, there are some weird people who like insurance and finance and genuinely enjoy yeah. it, but for the majority, I'd say it's all about, it's all about priorities and, and yeah. what, and like I've been saying to each his own, everyone's got their own passion priorities. Uh, my goal was to do something I really enjoy and that passionate about that one day I can, you know, be successful and have a house and all those things. Right. Some people enjoy accounting insurance, you know, everyone's got their own priorities and passions um but i mean that's just my advice to anyone in general just follow what you want to do because you know and you know a good point too is um if anyone wants to do something like this like what we want to do what we're doing um you one you have to under you have to have patience with this long game because it's not going to come overnight it's like an it's an absolute guarantee and a certainty that this is going to take a long time before you're very successful and two um, if the goal is like to do cool things and to be at the Super Bowl and to have clout <laughs> and to have all that cool stuff and have a lot of followers, this is absolutely not the right industry for anyone mm-hmm. because I've seen a lot of people that, or even my friends, you know, just people I know, you know, it's no one's fault. A lot of people watch, you know, Entourage and Ballers and Jerry Maguire and they just mm-hmm. want to like jump into this and, and be that dude. And it's just not like that, at least to a degree. And even the biggest, most successful people in the business, they're also sitting on their computer on their laptop at 10 p.m. at night. They're also sitting in the office on weekends and, and at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday, sitting in the office, not getting to go home yet. Like um, I, I've told so many people that if their goal is to do like the cool things about this industry, it's not the right industry because that is a very small part of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. It's you know, and, and the people that are successful and the people that hang in there, um, those are the ones that are actually putting in the work and they have the right mindset too. They actually want to do this and their goal is to do the best job they can, not to get verified on Instagram or yeah. have a lot of followers or, or be at the Super Bowl. And all this stuff is cool. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to be verified. That'd be dope. <laughs> but I'm not going to get verified, but that's yeah. not going to stop me from, you know, working my job as hard as I can mm-hmm. so I think that's a very big piece of advice as uh as depressing as that may sound <laughs> that's just not the main part of the business that we're all in it's, oh, yeah. it's the work definitely very cool. definitely a very cool job and yeah like I was saying um there are some weird obviously some weird people who really enjoy insurance finance but that's few and far between I'd say the majority of people who get into that are just kind of doing it for the paycheck you but know, I feel like, like a lot of those people always wanted to do something, whether it be sports, whatever their passion is, and they just were scared, never really truly pursued it. 
And I feel like that's the benefit of pursuing a career in sports. Um, you get to do truly do something you love and you're never really, I know the saying is like never really work a day in your life. And I guess, I mean, there's all, there's obviously in any job there's going to be stuff you don't like to do, but I mean, that's kind of the main drawing point of a career in sports. Like, like your, like your work, your work is sports. So it's never really truly that bad, you know? Right. Cause you know, at the end of the day, when you take your work home or you're working, it's all relative to something that you're passionate about. Exactly. Um, and a lot, a lot of people are just, you know, there's, there's risk takers and there's not some people want to go get that safe job and that steady paycheck. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Yeah, not at all. Um, I actually think that's almost like a, a smarter, safer way to go. Yeah. I'm not that type of person. I'd rather burn trying to, you know, I'd rather burn trying to do what I want to do. And at least if it didn't work, I could at least go to sleep at night knowing that I at least went for it instead of jumping into a job I didn't want to do. And then just, laying in bed at night every night wondering what if I had tried to work in sports what if I had tried to do that so mm-hmm. um you know we're so young you have no idea where where either of us will end up in 10 years from now we could both be sports agents we could both be you know picking up trash on the side of the road or I could be serving you your food at Chili's you have no idea but um that's the cool thing about um just doing something you want to do you know you can at least, whether it works out or not, you can at least go to bed every night knowing that like you went for it and whether it's working currently, you're even happier. And even if it doesn't, you know, you went for it and you're not a four, you're not 45 years old, you know, sitting in a cubicle at an accounting firm, just be like, damn, I really wish I at least tried to be a writer or I at least, tr- I wish I had tried to go and work for ESPN or work for the Dolphins or whatever it is. So yeah. I'm definitely on the, on the team risk side. But I'm definitely most people I know and I'm friends with and family that are not like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always say to each his own. Each everyone's got their own set of skills and passions and, and life plans. So this was just mine. If you're if you're on the fence at all, I think it's especially in your early in your twenties, like that's the time you have the rest of your life. Like the job, the safe jobs in the industries yeah. are really big and those jobs are always gonna be there. I think it's worth it in your um early to mid 20s to kind of pursue your passion if it doesn't doesn't work out then i mean those jobs are always going to be there but yeah and then and then you can go to bed knowing you did it and what i've told yeah. a million people is that these types of things it's like if you do take that risk it's not a life commit you're not chaining yourself to yeah. this thing for the rest of your life if it doesn't work out in a year or two then it doesn't work out you go do something else it's not like you're 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 committing your life to something you know it's a it's a trial and error. Like everyone's first job is, or everyone's job is in their twenties or even older. Um, so like I was, that's what I always tell people. Like if you're willing to take that risk and you want to, you can at least also go to bed knowing that like, you're not, you're not, you know, giving yourself to sports for the rest of your life. If it doesn't work out in a year or two, then you go leave and you go do something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that's just my mindset. It's definitely more extreme than most people. And that that's what, that's what provides me the roller coaster, the roller coaster life that I that I currently live. Yeah. But that's why, like I've always said, you know, if you can do it and you want to, then I think being happy is more important than making money. But obviously, the the dream scenario would be to have both. You're making a lot of money. You're super successful while doing something you love. And I think that's what my goal is. 
but even if that I don't reach that, as long as I'm doing something that I'm happy about, that I'm passionate about, that I enjoy, and I can pay the bills and I live a decent life, I'm also good with that too. Yeah. But again, that's just me. <laughs> not everyone is like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know most. I know not everyone's like that, but I persuade anybody to just kind of find the perfect balance of your passion and like how much, how much, how much, how much you can afford to get by on and just kind of find that perfect, that perfect mix and just kind of roll with that. And that should, that should be your career in my opinion. And, that, and that's the cool thing that I said is like, if it, and then if you go for it and it doesn't work out yeah. and you, then you pack up and, and you go back. Yeah. It's not like you're, then you're stuck in, in a black hole of something that you're like, Oh my God, I wish I didn't do this. You just sure. get out and you go do something else, yeah. you know? especially when we're younger, you know, in our twenties and thirties. So that's, that's how I look at it. That's my, that's my current mindset. hundred percent. Maybe it'll change when I'm older. <laughs> but at 26, that's, that's where I view things at, at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I appreciate you joining me for this episode. I thought we did a really good job of giving an accurate depiction of what um, sports agency industry is like behind the scenes, um, marketing endorsements and everything. Um, if you want to follow me, um, um, I'm going to post it somewhere around me here. Uh, it's at Benny the Edge underscore. And if you want to follow the enigma that is Matt Zobel, it's uh, at Matt Zobel, right? On Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so go ahead. Uh, and <laughs> go ahead, give him a follow for some, uh, for some good content. Um, that's all we got for today, folks. Uh, see you next time.